Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. People ask me where you, uh, you know, where you, where you must have been the class clown. <laughs> and I say, uh, no, I wasn't. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, June 2, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 501 of the Biden-Harris administration, 155 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go. And because we're starting way late, let's bring in the goth ninjas right now. Uh, spicy Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Also, uh, David Ferguson, we call him T Rex. His music project is Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Goth Ninjas, I can't believe we're actually doing the show today. It's uh, kind of a miracle. <laughs> I, I am so surprised. I'm so surprised that Xfinity is letting us do it because uh, throughout most of the day this morning, we have been without internet here. And I was just in the process of... God, are you okay? <laughs> I know. Do you need to sit? I mean, let me get you a cold compress. I've been breathing well. into a paper bag. Or as they used to say back in 70s television, I've taken all the tranquilizers. And so that's <laughs> where my mental state is right now. I'm just, I'm in this recovering state of panic. Without the internet, I can't do a goddamn thing. In fact, I have the actual sound of the Xfinity servers that they were trying to repair. Oh, there they go. This is for most of the day today. Thanks, Xfinity. <laughs> fart, there was a fart noise in there somewhere. So. It always is where I crack up. I just, uh, yeah, I, I love wait it. for it every I, time. I, I love it and I hate it. I love the sound, hate the uh, inconvenience. So I apologize for the delay in getting the show posted today. Uh, just saying before the show that I think I've dropped like five or ten years off of my lifespan stressing about this. And there's really nothing you can do about this kind of that- <laughs> Runs on the wheel and your modem died. Yeah, you had exactly. To go get a new hamster. Right, right. Gilligan uh, riding around on his bamboo bicycle, trying to charge up the uh, <laughs> the servers. I don't know what the hell. So let's get into things here today before we lose internet for good. <laughs> Because I don't know how much longer this is going to last. I feel like everything's uh, glued together with, you know, duct tape and gum. So let's talk about, uh, obviously, the uh, the thing that happened yesterday, which is yet another mass shooting, uh, yet another gun massacre in this country. Uh, after we had 
I mean, beyond Uvalde, there were 14 over the weekend. There were another few yesterday. The biggest one happened to be in Tulsa at that hospital. There was how horrible. And they're saying what happened was the guy who shot and killed four people at this hospital in Tulsa had received back surgery. And because he was still in pain from the back surgery, he wanted to go to the hospital sh- to shoot the doctor. And that was, yeah. his, that was his solution because he's in pain from the back surgery. I, my guess is there's more going on there. My guess is yeah. maybe there's an opioid situation happening there too. I don't know. But they're saying at this point that the assault-style weapon found at the shooting scene was purchased on the same day. That's according to three federal sources briefed on the probe. Uh, according to CNN. It's an AR-15-style gun. Big shocker there, source said. And a handgun was also found on the scene, bought on May 29, source said. So the AR, someone walked in, this shooter walked in, bought an AR-15, same day went to the hospital, killed four people. You mean to tell me that's not a serious gun problem? I know the Republicans are busily thumbing through their Rolodex and you know going, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. which solution to guns will I pick today that's not guns? I know that doesn't rhyme, but um, <laughs> what I just what makes this is what's making my brain bleed this yeah, week. Yeah, is that they care so much about keeping people from killing "quote unquote" unborn children, mm-hmm. but they don't give a fuck about yeah. doing anything meaningful to stop the me- the slaughter of living children. Yep, yep. It just it, yep. Uh, and, it just, and they call themselves pro life, and it just makes my like it makes my brain squirt out my nose and ears. I know, I know exactly I mean, what you're saying. I mean, I, I'm in that place right now, David and Jody, where uh, I'm so cynical and disillusioned about our fellow voters because I feel like, in spite of the supermajority support for background checks and further measures to restrict access to the proliferation of firearms in this country. People are going to go into voting booths in spite of all that, in spite of everything that's going on, and they're going to either vote against Democrats or vote directly for Republicans because of a temporary $5 a gallon gas price. And that's so what a global oil crisis and inflation. Yeah. That Joe Biden is supposed to just magically fix from the Oval Office when it's, you know, I mean, gas is. Eight ninety nine a liter in mm-hmm. Hamburg, Germany. What, mm-hmm. Joe Biden's gonna it's supposed to fix that? I just yeah yeah yeah. It's immensely uh, frustrating. It's immensely frustrating when you know that there are many people, and I'm not talking about red hat Republicans. I'm not talking about Trump supporters necessarily, because they're gonna go in and they're gonna vote for their MAGA candidates across the board. What I'm talking about are the regular folks, quote unquote, who go in and vote, and maybe one year they'll say, well, it's the Democrats' turn. The next year they'll go in, oh, it's the Republicans' or this year it'll be, oh, I'm so sick and tired of $5 a gallon gas. We're going to punish the Democrats because there's $5 a gallon gas and there's inflation. And that's just the way we're going to work this. And that's what drives me nuts Mm -hmm. because it's a temporary problem. By the time I think November rolls around, I don't think inflation's still going to be that much of a thing. I think I it's going to so. start to, yeah, I think it's going to start to recede. Gas prices are going to come down precipitously because now uh, the word went out today that OPEC has agreed to accelerate oil production. Finally. But starting in July and August. It's not starting now. Still. <laughs> they're waiting, yeah, they're waiting another <sighs> month to increase oil production. And that's really the source of what we're talking about here. But in spite of all of that, 
you know that people are going to be like, well, I mean, there was that whole year about inflation and supply chain and the gas prices and thank you, Brandon, and whatever the fuck they're talking about. And they're going to go and they're going to start pulling levers for independent candidates or pulling levers for Republicans in some cases, even though, let's say, for example, gas prices are still a thing in November. There is nothing a Republican Congress will do about gas prices. Right. The Republicans can't and won't fix inflation or gas prices or any remaining supply chain things. They will, however, investigate the fuck out of Joe Biden while making sure there's nothing done on guns, nothing done on reproductive rights, nothing done on voting rights, nothing done on health care or the climate crisis, any of that shit. I know, I say it a million times, and I'll say it right now. It's Chinatown. Meantime, Republicans are measuring the drapes in advance of the midterms. They're convinced they're going to win. So top Republican congressional aides huddled uh, this month with conservative think tank leaders on Maryland's eastern shore, hun, to uh, hone tactics and messaging for Biden administration probes. Axios has learned. So they're getting ready to investigate the fuck out of the Joe Biden administration. If they win congressional majorities, Republicans plan to use that power, according to Axios, in retrospective fashion to dig into Biden administration conduct going back to his inauguration. That will mean a congressional microscope on Biden administration policies and spending. It would also bring stepped up GOP scrutiny of private sector actors such as tech companies that Republicans see as politically adversarial. Obviously, they're not going to be able to legislate on any of this shit, but they don't have to to turn it into a giant circus, which is exactly what it'll be. People are going in. They're so, okay, well, let's let's make sure the Republicans get a majority in uh, the House and Senate and Congress this year. That'll solve all of our problems. That'll solve none of your goddamn problems. What that'll mean is people will become increasingly frustrated with government inaction to the point where they won't vote anymore. They'll just give up on the process. And that's really the goal, isn't it? Isn't that the goal to depress turnout, to make people disillusioned in the entire idea of democracy? To the point where they're like, well, maybe we do need a dictatorship. Eh, Authoritarians, maybe that's a good idea, after all. Because this democracy thing just isn't working. And so that's the long-term side of It's so fucking exhausting. You know, it's just like... I know, it really uh, is. And it's... uh, Yeah. But, you know, a lot lot can happen between now and November. We're going to have the public hearings for the January 6th commission. I mean, a lot... Mm -hmm. Can happen. A lot of people can get indicted or go to jail, and a lot. I mean, and you know, I mean, just all kinds of. And like I said a couple episodes ago, we live in the age of multiple black swan events. Yeah, you know, yeah. where it's just impossible mm-hmm. to anticipate mm-hmm. what's coming next. I'm not as hopeless as I sound about the midterms. I still think, and in fact, there's a much stronger chance that the Democrats will actually uh, attain a majority in the Senate. I don't know about the House. And this is the great irony of the congressional elections this year. The House of Representatives, the Democrats in the House, deserve all the kudos, 
because the House Democrats have really achieved just about everything liberals have wanted yeah. in the past mm-hmm. uh, couple of years. And that and is, it, like, yeah, it's all self evident. It's the zapper of the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Senate that is the fly in the ointment. It's the Senate that's kind of the roadblock to all of this. Mansion and cinema being part of that. The Republican, the 50 Republicans being the other part of it. But uh, the opposite is kind of happening election-wise, where we're going to be expanding the majority in the Senate with the Democrats, hopefully, and losing the majority in the House, where we deserve to retain the majority, I think. So this is the ongoing contradiction of the American voter. This is the ongoing contradiction of our elections sometimes. And it's just, I'm right there with you, David. It's so immensely frustrating and... I, I, I and just it's too early to read the tea leaves. I think. I, well, yeah, I think you're, that you're Georgia exactly right. is going to look good. I mm-hmm. think you know, in spite of the Republicans, like you know, entrapment and horrible, you know, voter caging laws and stuff that they try to get. You know, a lot of Democrats turned out for the primary. A lot of people yeah. voted for Stacey yeah. Abrams. You know, it's it's, I you know, you can. Uh, what's that Peter Gabriel lyric? You can blow out a candle, but you can't blow out a fire. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're right. I feel like, you know, there is, I mean, the reason the Republicans are so desperate and fascistic right now is because they know that they are getting outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And so I hope that there are plenty of voters who see that too. I, I hope that the negative partisanship, as Rachel Bittacoffer refers to it as, I hope it's the negative partisanship that, that wins the day, quite honestly. And mm-hmm. it's negative partisanship is not a good thing. Uh, in the long run, it's not good. And we're going to be covering another story here in a second about a poll question regarding civil war. So negative partisanship is uh, not something we should be embracing necessarily, but if it gets us over the finish line this year and there's enough anger at uh, Republicans for reproductive rights, if there's enough anger at Republicans for uh, resisting gun control measures, if there's an anger about voter suppression in all of these states, hopefully we'll be able to, and I mean we, voters writ large, will be able to uh, push back against that, be angry enough to... uh, push back against the conventional wisdom on this one. But meantime, the RNC has reportedly recruited an army of trained operatives to contest votes in Democratic majority polling places. So these aren't like red state strongholds where they're going to be doing this. This is like blue state strongholds where Republicans are going to go in and try to uh, to meddle with things once again. I think people in those communities, though, who are lawyers and who are election you know, workers will hopefully be – I mean, it's like that whole occupying army thing, yeah, just yeah. like Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It's like you send strangers in to try to enforce in a community and the community already has a longstanding, you know, organic resistance to just be like, get out of our homes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, you know, like I can see them sending people here to my town and stuff. Cause we're like a, you know, a blue dot in the red sea that is northern <laughs> Georgia. But like, you know, we just reelected our very progressive mayor and all the most progressive candidates on the ballot in my city yeah. and County yeah. won their elections. Uh, so, 
you know. Uh, well, the RNC's election integrity director for Michigan has called for connecting poll workers directly with party attorneys and district attorneys who could intervene to block vote counts at certain precincts. Steve, uh, great. Steve Bannon previously called this the precinct strategy, which Trump yep. recently endorsed. Uh, Nick Pennyman, that's my least favorite superhero, Pennyman, not, <laughs> not worth a whole lot. Uh, founder and CEO of the election watchdog group Issue One said the strategy is designed to create massive failure of certification in Democratic precincts to justify intervention by GOP-controlled state legislatures to throw the choosing of electors to state legislatures, which is exactly where they want it. This is this is where ultimately I, I'm afraid, and my my biggest fear is that the process of elections is just going to come down to the courts deciding things. It's like who can out lawsuit the other side. And that's also very, very bad. Very, very bad. But that's, you know, that's where the Republicans want it. Once again, if we destroy the election process in this country, then people are going to become disillusioned with democracy and that'll make way for people like Donald Trump once again. But uh, I do know that the Republicans keep, we should all move to Greenland. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Got a lot of nice place. minerals out there. You got a lot of nice minerals. Got a lot of valuable minerals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Chuck Todd. Greenland yeah. is a strategic place up there, and uh, they got a lot of valuable <laughs> minerals. I don't want to predict an outcome. I'm just saying the president, who knows a thing or two about buying real estate, wants to take a look at low interest rates, no inflation, virtually no inflation, Chuck Todd. So I actually think it's a pretty good story. Let me echo my theme. Let's not be afraid of some optimism. I don't know. Yeah, let's not be afraid this of optimism. This is what optimism. happens yeah. when you replace the olives in your martini with bar Xanax. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Hey, another dumb shit Republican accidentally complimented Joe Biden's border patrol. This is an ongoing thing that I am just loving. This is one of those things that puts a smile on my face because for some reason they just keep doing this. Someone At some point... Somewhere down the line, and I'm not sure exactly how this started, but I, I think it may have started with Ronna McDaniel at the RNC. That kind of makes perfect mm. sense because I, I think I first saw it come from her. But they keep doing this thing where they talk about all the shit that's being seized at the border and saying it's a border crisis. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe Joe Biden's border policy. All of these drugs are being seized at the border. It's like today, Ted Cruz tweeted, oh, hashtag Biden border crisis. And then he links a uh, an article from something called borderreport.com that says $3.2 million worth of cocaine and meth was seized at the South Texas ports of entry. Thank, <laughs> thank so you, So he's Joe upset Biden. that he's not going to get his coke. That's what I'm hearing. That's exactly right. He's so pissed off that all that meth and cocaine was seized at the border. And you know what? I've seen some guys, some trolls, obviously, red hat trolls appearing in mentions on Twitter where they say, no, what this, what, what they mean is they got $3.2 million worth of cocaine and meth, but there was a whole lot more that got through. See, that's what that that's means. That's not what they mean. No, 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 no. <laughs> stupid, oh, stupid, stupid red hats. Dumb, 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 you dumb, dumb. dummy, dummy red hats. Um, <laughs> that'd be like saying, yeah, look, Joe Biden, uh, I don't know, prevented five dozen murders last week. <laughs> Five dozen murders were stopped before they happened. Why is Joe Biden soft on crime? 
You know, yeah. it's like, hang on, wait, what? And then you say, what? And then the Red Hat trolls come in and say, well, there were so many other murders that he allowed to happen. <laughs> right. No. Well, then, if that is your gripe metric why you know, not like, say that yeah it why not why doesn't ted cruz post a thing saying yeah well 3.2 million dollars worth of coke and meth were stopped but 10 million dollars worth of coke and meth made it through because i bought it all <laughs> i don't know i don't know but it's just it's a dumb 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 attack line and to date i have not seen one single democratic campaign ad or video that uses any of this. And I've put them mm. all out there. I've collected all of the tweets. I think I've got almost all of them. I've added this one to, the, uh, to my collection, this one from Ted Cruz. But there are probably a dozen of them by now. And every single one is complimentary, accidentally, but complimentary yeah. to Joe Biden's border policy. <laughs> Yes, look, oh my God, a record number. What was the, uh, there was one from Chuck Grassley that was particularly dumb. Uh, yeah, well, here's one from Elise Stefanik. Over 800 pounds of yeah. fentanyl was, were seized at the southern border in October. 192,000. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's all awesome. Know, it's all good. great news. Yeah, right. That I mean, no, they didn't make it onto the streets of the United States. Hello. Thank you. It just, Hi. Uh, yeah, the GOP account here breaking 192,000 illegal immigrants were apprehended at the southern border last month, the highest number of September apprehensions ever recorded by DHS. You know, and again, round of applause. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, Chuck Grassley, welcome to Prez Biden's America, where 10,000 pounds of fentanyl have been seized by Customs and Border Patrol. Uh, so far this fiscal year, he really abbreviates these tweets, which is oh God. which is enough to kill over fucking worst. It's enough to kill over two billion people, PPL, or more than oh one it's quarter. Like a monkey of- fucked a typewriter, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look. Chuck Grassley is admitting that Joe Biden's border policy saved over 2 billion people. That's one quarter of the world's population. This was intended to be an insult from Chuck Grassley. Amazing. 899 pounds of fentanyl and 15,000 pounds of methamphetamine seized at the southern border in October alone. That much fentanyl is the equivalent of 204 million lethal doses, which Joe Biden stopped from coming into America. You Um, fucking idiots. These people are, it suggests that they're very upset because they're not going to get their drugs. (laughs) That's what it seems like, doesn't (laughs) it? That's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see if there are any, oh yeah, here's another one from the GOP. 11,000 pounds of methamphetamine seized at the southern border in April alone, exclamation mark. This is from back in May. Uh, Border Patrol agents have apprehended... Oh, this is one of my favorites from uh, uh, Debbie Lesko. Border Patrol agents have apprehended more than one billion migrants at our southern border in just six months. (laughs) I remember that one. One billion... One billion migrants. Billion. Why do they all sound like car salesmen? You know, like, (laughs) come down to Debbie Lesko Buick and we'll put you in a new... You know, it's just like... Yeah, that does sound like, she does sound like a used car dealer. Matt Gates Honda. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Uh, One billion immigrants at our southern border. One billion. There are 320 million Americans in the United States. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's up to 330 million. But regardless, 
There's no way. One billion migrants. I, I think she uh, added a, a few extra zeros. A couple zeros were added. That's more sure. cells than you can get in a peach tree dish. <laughs> peach tree dish. Yeah, you know what? I hadn't really heard about that until Buzz told me about it before Tuesday's show that she, oh, that she said peach just, tree. Yeah, she did. Let me tell you something. We covered this on the Shadow Docket, but here it is on the free show. I've been hearing, and there was a, a YouTube video, I know, some guy on the internet, I shouldn't be believing this, but he had a theory that I think holds true. There's a theory apparently circulating among uh, YouTube people, social media people, Instagram people, where if you <laughs> the do- The more you set this up, the more di- the more you're discrediting it. <laughs> Just like spit it out, Well, Bob. listen, listen, here it is, here it is. <laughs> They're deliberately misspelling things in their YouTube videos, social media posts, et cetera, because it actually increases the reach of those posts because people go in and they- mm, It's they the morselator theory again. Yeah, they correct the language. They, oh, you misspelled this or you, the grammar was wrong on that. And so what that does is it increases the reach and therefore the visibility of all these posts. And that makes- I don't know. Have you seen that So video? much sense. I mean, she's just, I, I mean, this crazy shit about, like, you'll get a ding in your body that you feel from the eating the real meat, which is bad. I mean, she's just, that is fucking, like, mentally ill, like, writing on the wall of the institution shit. Yeah, you know? I mean, she's just, I, I know what you mean. It's weird, but, and of course, she could just be a dumb fuck, and that's why yeah. she does it. But she's got staffers. She's Look got people face. to say. Look at her fucking face. <laughs> I know. But I mean, she's got, I mean, she's Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she's got staffers. She's got people who work for her. She's got people who uh, post these videos. She's not doing it all herself. So if she says peach tree dish in one of her videos, they're going to go, no, wait, uh, that's petri dish. There's no such thing as a peach tree dish dish. Yeah, let's go back to the Romney campaign and how shoddy it was. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like how you were just like, they just are really phoning it in here. I mean, I just, I think that like people as toxic as Marjorie, my pretty pony, Taylor Green, attract hostages. Mm -hmm. And yeah. those are usually, I mean, the people in her office cannot be, I mean, if you were smart, you wouldn't work for her. Yeah. Right. You'd be like, this person is a joke. So, I mean, the people that she has on hand are going to be like little versions of her or, yeah. or just completely, you know, terrified little minion. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't think that theory holds water. I, what, I just do, I don't think that anybody in their right mind would deliberately look that stupid. I, I assure you, I'm not trying to downplay uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's dumb fuckery. It's it's plentiful. There's <laughs> lots. She's uh, her cheese has slid completely off of her cracker. There's no doubt yeah. about that. She never but had a cracker, Bob. She that's never right. had a cracker. That's the secret. There was never Except a cracker. Except the one in the first she place. sees in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But that said, there are people around her who will go, uh, you know, maybe we should retake that. Maybe you should say Petri dish and not deliberately look like an idiot. But on the other hand, maybe they realize, oh, that means all the liberals will start screaming at you. That'll increase the reach of the thing. Then more people on your side will see it. And therefore, uh, your message will get out to more people. And that seems to but see you wouldn't make do sense that the week after you bitch to CNN that the media is making you look unintelligent. <laughs> well, you know, you know. I mean, I'm not well, suggesting three-layer chess here, but I'm just saying. I mean, 
you're, the theory is that it gets more traction, but she's also being made fun of more. So whatever message she's trying to get out about, I think it was Bill Gates making us eat meat. That Poop he's water? Making. Uh, no, 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 no. This was about fake meat, if okay. I'm remembering mm, right. Schmeat. And how he's making it the fake meat in his peach tree dishes so that you it's have to eat those. it and they're going to make sure whether or not you're eating cheeseburgers. It was like this whole just weird fucking dumb <laughs> shit rant anyway. And and it's like, yeah, maybe more people were exposed to it. Yeah. But I would say more people laughed at it than they would have taken it seriously. So yeah. I don't know if getting that message out is the way to do it. Okay. Well, yeah. here's, here's <laughs> what Jody the, said. Yeah. I'm totally on board. Well, I yeah. mean, that makes I just, sense. I, uh, yeah. I, I mean, here's the choice. You either leave a stupid malaprop like that, like peach right. tree dish in the video, right. and you look like an idiot. Or you uh, deliberately leave it in there because you know you're also going to get big time reach. If it's going to happen, why not capitalize on it? You know, why not get that extra reach? If you're gonna gonna say stupid mm. shit, you know what I mean? Or look at I, her I eyes. Uh, <laughs> she really know. does have like the dull, dead eyes of a potato. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I just uh, and you know what? Like canny enough for that. I just I, you know, I, uh, no. Maybe this is the thing with the the border uh, tweets. Maybe that's the point of the border tweets to get all of us going. Ha 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 ha! You don't know what you're talking about. You're complimenting Joe Biden accidentally. Ha ha ha! ha. <laughs> and there they're going. Yeah. Wait, right. you just poke this forward at the middle of the beginning of the segment, and then you're like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're fucking with me. <laughs> well, that's. I'm just. I'm trying. I'm putting two and two together here in real time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe it's all part of the same thing. Because every time this happens, we all pile on and we quote tweet it and we jump into the mentions and we go, ha, 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 you don't know what you're talking about, stupid. Ha, ha, ha. And then <laughs> that increases the visibility of the tweet, which works out quite nicely for, mm. you know, Chuck Grassley, Elise Stefanik, the GOP, Ted Cruz, all the people who are doing this uh, on a regular basis. So I don't know. Well, this goes back to everyone yeah. saying, you know, should you watch Trump's speeches late in his term like you did? Yeah. Because you're like, no, we have to know what they're doing. But mm -hmm. it's like, on the other hand, it's like you're pouring a lot of energy and emotion into something that makes you feel horrible. I know. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And I, I am really trying to avoid that. And and one of the things we're going to be talking about on the Shadow Docket today is uh, what's been going on in the, the Star Wars universe with uh, all these racist mm. fanboys. And you that, and McGregor, did you see his... Um yeah, uh, it was great. He was great. The he video that he made. Yeah, and yeah. they all jumped in. The guy who played, Anson Mount, who plays Captain Pike in Strange New Worlds, put out a video. It was really heartwarming to see a Star Trek guy uh, standing in solidarity with Star Wars people. That was that was kind of nice. As he not, should. not that they're at each other's throats yeah, or anything like I that. But say, I didn't think that was actually like a West Side Story kind of sharks <laughs> and jets thing. No, it, it is. It, it is. Dude, is. Trekkers versus Star Wars, it's yeah, a, it's a yeah. thing. Yeah, it's which is weird because it's two completely separate genres as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Star Wars is more fantasy homages to genres of filmmaking where Star Trek is pure sci-fi. Plus, Star Trek is a utopia and Star Wars is a dystopia. So, you know, I think both can coexist. I don't think there's any problem with that. But it, my point was it was nice to see Star Trek people jumping in with solidarity for uh, Star Wars. We're going to talk about all yeah. of this coming yeah. up here in the Shadow Doc on our Patreon page, bobsuskashow.com. Sign up for $5 a month, etc. cetera. So, uh, but that's one of those things. Star Wars in particular is like my escapism. 
It's what I go to to unwind and not have to deal with all of the fucking harsh realities of our politics. But yet all of these racist fanboys have to ruin it for everybody because they need to have a hot take or because they're just yeah. red hats and they can't stand wokeism and whatever the fuck they're calling it these days. Whatever uh, dog whistle for the N-word they're employing in these uh, articles and YouTube videos. So it drives me bananas from so many levels. The, the top one obviously being the racism itself. But then you go down from there. You're ruining Star Wars, you idiots. Uh, Just uh, come on, wake up, you fucking dirty sock smelling man children. Like, (laughs) yeah, incels. Let's look at who the Empire is and who the rebels are and like examine this from an, you know, like back up from the narrative and go, hmm, who am I (laughs) siding with? And it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. mm. Well, more to come, more conversation about this coming up on the, uh, the Shadow Docket. Meantime, if the pandemic was a disaster for your personal finances, you probably upped the balances on a bunch of your credit cards. And if my guess is correct, you're paying the top allowable, the top legal interest rate on that debt. So why not refinance your cards into a super low interest rate and save a ton of money? And why not do it? Because we've got a convenient solution for you. With Lightstream, you can roll your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR with AutoPay and excellent credit, that is. That's way lower than most credit cards, lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. Get a loan from $5,000 from Lightstream up to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees in that process. And just for my listeners, you can apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. You should take advantage of this. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash sesca. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A, subject to credit approval. Rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Seska for more information. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Bob Seska! Another story for the day, contemporary news. Someone shot their gun again, someone got to choose. To take a life not of their own, take somebody's breath. A second for the bullet is a lifetime for the rest. But it's too soon to talk about tomorrow. And it's too soon to talk about today. 
Seth Adam right here. This is a uh, exclusive to the show. Brand new single called The Blood It Runs. Yeah, it's about all the uh, gun massacres. The history of gun massacres, gun proliferation in this country. And, uh, Seth's obvious frustration with all of it. Our frustration with everything. www.sethadam.com for Seth's music, including this single. It's probably going to drop anytime now. Watch for it, SethAdam.com. Okay, yeah, you know what? I almost played the entire song there. I almost played the whole thing here. <laughs> Maybe I'll play it at the end of the show in its entirety. So uh, we'll include that. Thank you again to uh, Seth, and thank you to all of our indie uh, musicians here on the show. All right. So uh, more Americans are predicting a civil war, an impending civil war. Uh, 44% of all respondents, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, said the U.S., quote, seems headed toward a civil war in the near future. That included 53% of Republicans and 39% of Democrats. That's a weird number, 39% of Democrats. I wonder if that's just Democrats who are disillusioned or like, yeah, Republicans are going to drag us into something. Or if they're really actually militant Democrats who are like, Ur. the survey taken in late April and covering 1,500 adults, also found a distressingly high level of support for assassinating politicians whom the respondents believed were harming the country or our democracy. Young Mm -hmm. Democratic men were the most agreeable to this idea. (laughs) What? With 44% say they uh, could countenance such an assassination. Younger Republican women ranked second with 40% approving of the idea, Older folks, designed as those fifty and older. Hey, I'm an older folk. We're not yeah. fans. We're not fans of assassination, no matter their party or gender. So you got young Democratic men and younger Republican women are all for the concept of assassinating politicians. What? What a weird question. That is immensely yeah. disturbing. Yeah. Once it's again, like the baby you- Hitler question. Though. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I don't know. I want to know more the, about the Civil War because I don't think people understand the amount of organization this would require and the amount of, like, you have to get out of your fat fucking chair yeah. and go get, you know, and you won't be able to bring your widescreen TV and Home Depot won't be open. Like, I mean, there, to fight a civil war, mm-hmm. a state has to leave the union and then begin to, like, organize its own mili- its own army to mm-hmm. stand against the federal troops that are going to come and retake the territory. Yeah. So, and I mean, I just, I don't think, I think they think that they're going to just, like, go, you know, shoot guns out of the backs of their pickups for a weekend, and it's going to be, you know, hamburgers for everybody, mm-hmm. and, you know, bake, you know, I just bake in with every meal and guns for everyone under over 12. I just yeah, it's, I don't understand, like, where, uh, what their concept is, like, but... Go ahead. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's where, just, I mean, where are the battlefields going to, where are they going to fight? Yeah. At the mall? It's going to be like guerrilla warfare. That's how I see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if it happens, if it happens at all, it's going to be these little skirmishes and attacks, maybe uh, against the public, maybe against I'm army bases. fiddle music. Is this, re- are you doing this that, a, Bob? Yes, I'm doing it. This is, this is from the Ken Burns. Ken Burns. I thought, uh, maybe the, I was, my house was about to get overrun by like people from Deliverance or something. Like I'm, I paddle uh, faster, I hear fiddles. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> 
You should know by now to not pay any attention to what I'm doing with my sounds. Just let me <laughs> let me have my fun. Um, but no, this is a serious deal here because it's a serious deal here, Wade. I, I'm suddenly talking like I'm in Fargo or something. Um, but this is a big fucking deal. A civil war in this country would never end. It would be something that right. would continue on and on and on, even if there was some sort of declared end. Okay, we're stopping now. There would still be pockets of militias and whatever the Proud there Boys still are, and all There those still guys. are from the 1800s. Yes. What are you talking about? Well, we it's, are. It's, yeah. In a sense, we're still know, fighting that war. My thing is, is like, really, y'all think you can beat the Air Force? I know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my question. It's like, really, even if you have your AR-15s, trust me. Yeah. The Air Force has more firepower. The Navy, if you're on a, you know, in the near the Gulf or on any of the coasts, which you're not going to have too much problem on the West Coast, but on the East mm-hmm. Coast you might. Yeah. Um, and in the Gulf, it's like y'all, we got a Navy too. Mm-hmm. Oh, let alone drones that yeah. don't have people in them. Um, I mean, there's so, it's like really y'all think your little AR-15s, which suck and we shouldn't have them, are mm-hmm. going to really be any sort of defense if if you really wanted to start a civil war you're put down so fast because at least in the at least in the, the original civil war yeah 1.0 <laughs> they were they were not outgunned or out you know it was, it was kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. It, they all had kind of the same stuff. We had a Navy, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. There was no Air Force. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's the, the, they're outgunned by just their National Guard. Just let's go with that. Well, my hunch is this, that it's not going to be one where, let's say, for example, a Proud Boys militia group starts firing on U.S. Army bases or some other uh, military installation somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be that. What I think it's going to be, it's going to be citizen against citizen. I think this is going to be something that's going to be not necessarily involving the United States military. I think this is going to be something that's going to involve, certainly there are going to be lots of current and former cops joining in, and we kind of know what side they'll be on, uh, at least a majority of them. It's just the nature of our politics. But I think it's going to be that kind of thing. It's going to be this militia group attacking this blue state area. It's going to look very similar, I think, to the mass shootings that we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. except they're going to be politically motivated. My question is whether or not Democrats, and I, I guess based on this poll, I guess there are some really bellicose Democrats out there, young Democratic men in particular, if you're to believe the results of this poll. I have no reason to doubt the Southern Poverty Law Center. Right. So this is one of those things where maybe it's going to be some young Democratic men fighting back Maybe there are some groups out there uh, that we don't quite know about that will basically uh, what retaliate. happened in Iraq is what you're saying. Yeah, just we get divided by sectarian, sectarian violence, violence. And it just becomes an yep. endless tit for tat, an yep. escalation that ends up with everything in ruins. Right, right. And there will I be situations. Well, there'll be situations where the National Guard is called in to keep the peace and stand between these two warring factions if that's how it ends up playing out and there is the possibility that they're going to draw in some national guard troops or something like that because they're going to fire upon them and then the national guard will either fire back or not depending how the situation goes but i think it would be very difficult unless unless someone like donald trump were president donald trump were president he would absolutely send in the military to put down 
liberals. You see, the and military oh, yeah, would, just yeah. would not do that. Uh-huh. The, I just don't think that the. I mean, the military is black and brown, and uh, and sworn to protect the actual country, and is the, they know that they are not supposed to fire at citizens. I mean, well, they fired the whole, it. Fi- they fired tear gas into Lafayette Square uh, with yeah. Black Lives Matter protests, uh, George Floyd pro- protests, and so. That indicates to me that they're at least willing to do it. And we know that Donald Trump already entertained the idea of shooting protesters in that scenario. He wanted to shoot them in the legs. That would have been ridiculous because then obviously there would have also been many protesters. he's never shot a fucking gun in his life. Right. You know, or tried to fire at any kind of moving target because it's just not how it works, dude. Yeah, no. When you no. fire, you fire at center mass or you don't shoot at all. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. just... I mean, this is the thing. This is the story more than anything else. This is the story that scares the shit out of me because who knows where it ends up landing. And the fact that we all cover liberal politics, we're on that side of things, we're visible, also frightens me a little bit. And so my hope is, and this is a sincere hope, that the temperature will cool off at some point. I don't know what it'll take. I don't know what'll do it. I have no fucking idea what that thing will be. But either things cool off with our politics a little bit in order to make them uh, livable, or they just continue to go in the trajectory that they're going, where you've got an entire... I know this is happening. I mean, it's it's a little bit on the left. I mean, that's for sure. There are some of us who make our living following politics, covering politics publicly. But there's an entire Red Hat entertainment complex, as I've been calling it, borrowing from David Frum's conservative entertainment complex uh, uh, phrase. And there is hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars circulating through all of that. Uh, If you include Fox News Channel, you include the other television networks along those lines, the uh, radio shows, the radio networks. I mean, it's basically all the AM AM radio dial plus internet plus podcasts, Ben Shapiro and all the rest. Plus, you've got these rogue groups surrounding Joe Rogan and some of the other podcasters. And there's so much money being pumped into that. It pays them to increase the temperature of our politics. They're paid to do it. They're paid to antagonize. They're paid to incite and instigate. And if that keeps going at its, at its current clip, we could be in really bad shape. Because where, where does it go? Where does it end up? If you project far enough into the future, based on where we are, like our politics are already extremely incendiary, more incendiary than I think we've seen maybe since 1968, maybe since 1861. And then you extrapolate that over time. Where are our politics in five years or in 10 years? Unless there is some sort of cooling effect that takes place where we all take a step back from the line and go, all right, let's talk about this here. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. These people love to talk about violence. They love to think about violence. But I think once they experience even a little taste of real violence, Mm -hmm. they will lose their taste for it. Because it's not what they think it is. It's not, you know, accompanied by swelling music. And, you know, it's it's, real violence is gross and scary and terrifying and happens really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my hope was that video from Ukraine, what's happening in Ukraine right now, because it Ukraine looks so much like certain parts of the United States. Yeah. yeah. Visually. I mean, we've yeah. got a generation, we've got a couple of generations of Americans right now who have only seen war in the desert against Muslim people 
And now they're seeing war on television every day in places that look like cities, uh, suburbs, places like that, that look like the United States. My hope was seeing that, seeing the devastation, seeing hospitals filled with pregnant women get bombed would make people go, is that really something we want here? (laughs) Do we really want to navigate a civil war in the process of living our lives here because of incendiary politics? I, my my hope was that it would have pulled us back from the brink a little bit, but I don't necessarily see that happening. Do you guys? I mean, do, do either of you see anyone going? Yeah, we got to turn down the temperature, see what's happening in Ukraine. We don't want that. I don't see anyone saying that. I mean, obviously there are lots of normals who see that, but we're not talking about the normals. We're talking about extremists who are paid handsomely. And one of the things about right-wingers is their complete inability to abstract from one situation to another or put the shoe on the other foot. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, none of them, it's never entered their minds what would have happened if, you know, it had been Trump's actual victory in November of 2020 and the the Congress had been overrun by angry Black Lives Matter protesters. They just think... That's never occurred to them. Okay, right. yeah. Never yeah. occurs to them to be like, what would we do if Obama had done these things that Donald Trump is doing? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. if, if it did, I mean, their whole, like, you know, their whole ability to function would just collapse because it's, you know, they... Uh. Well, that's one of the... I'm glad you brought up Trump because that's one of the many things that uh, is immensely dangerous. One of, the men, one of the most immensely dangerous aspects of Donald Trump is the fact that he doesn't mind stirring that pot. In fact, he's all about it. If there is angst in this country, if there is anger and grievances and rage and bellicosity and the need to shoot the things that you don't like, like, Donald Trump will make that worse, and he always has. And I still say, it's kind of amazing that we got through that four years without any yeah. bigger disaster. I mean, we yeah. had a gigantic disaster at the end with 400,000 people on Trump's watch dying from an uncontrolled mm-hmm. pandemic. But in terms yeah, of- I think if the pandemic hadn't happened, it would have gotten a lot more violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, possible, too. I mean, because he was in the process, as I said before, he was in the process of deciding whether he should shoot peaceful protesters in Lafayette Square, you know, a, a stone's throw from the White House. He was willing to do that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and and he's willing to toss in all of this red meat that makes it seem like, for example, Democrats executing babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's literally said that the governor of Virginia executed a baby. He didn't say governor of Virginia talked about executing babies. Even that would have been false. He right. said directly, the governor of Virginia executed a baby. Remember that? Remember when uh-huh. that happened? And of course, the low information red hats are going to go, oh my God, I can't believe a Democratic governor executed a baby. His three candidates that he backed in the Georgia primaries all just lost big. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like the, his governor candidate just bit it. I mm-hmm. mean, Jody Heiss, ugh, who was going for, I think, attorney general, or I can't remember, remember, maybe he was a lieutenant governor, but like, he's my horrible congressman, but he won't be <laughs> in January. Yeah, yeah. Because he bet it all on this race and Trump's endorsement, and he went down hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I'm not super happy to see Brian Kemp, you know, coming out of this with a, you know, a big majority of Republican voters, I, I still like, you should look at it and be like, you know, not everything. Well, we know that nothing Trump touches turns to actual gold. Yeah. But now he's losing his like grip on the people can look around and be like, well, I can defy him with impunity mm-hmm. because his candidates aren't winning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a rough summer for Donald Trump. 
Uh, I think the one-six committee hearings are going to be yeah. extremely damaging to him, especially if the news about the fact that he wanted Mike Pence to be hanged, if that comes mm-hmm. out in prime time. Because, to be honest with you, it got buried last week. It was buried it under mm-hmm. Uvalde, and I think rightfully so. Uvalde was a, a terrifying horror show that we yeah. all needed to talk about, we all needed to reckon with. But in the midst of that, that's when the story came out that, according to at least two witnesses, Donald Trump was going around the White House as insurrectionists were chanting, hang Mike Pence. He was going around saying, yeah, maybe Mike Pence should be hanged. Do you think that'll make Mike Pence actually decide to fucking testify now that he knows that this is the truth? I, I don't know. No. I don't think he no. will. I don't he think doesn't he have the no. fucking, he doesn't have a backbone, that motherfucker. Exactly. Oh, no, he's he the will worst. Keep, he will try to slide through like a wet fart. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. He is just the oiliest, the most disgust, like political, like I just, ugh, Mike Pence. Like he's smarter than I think people think about keeping his head down, but mm-hmm. he also is also just like a single-celled viral kind of organism that's just about yeah. acquisition of more power. Well, and then on top of that, bear in mind, too, that Peter Navarro was subpoenaed by a grand jury in D.C. and paneled, I think, by the Department of Justice, including documents that Navarro might have in which he's communicating with Donald Trump. So this indicates that the DOJ investigation, the grand jury investigation especially, is uh, starting to turn its eye of Sauron to Donald Trump and to the people who are in the Oval Office. And that includes Peter Navarro. Blah, blah, Hurry! I'm just so tired of hearing about possible movement of indictments of arrangements. It's just like, (laughs) I I want to see some fucking handcuffs. I want it now, Daddy! I want it now! I want it now, Daddy! I want it now. Okay, well, unlike some podcasts... I want to feast. (laughs) I want to bean feast. I want to party with ten kinds of... Anyway, I know the whole song, but I won't torture you guys. Give it to me now. Yeah. Hey, we could use some songs. We could use some extra music here on the show, for sure. Well, unlike uh, unlike some podcasts, we have a couple of commercial breaks in our shows, but here's the best way to listen to the Bob Seska Show without all of those commercials. You can go right now to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com, scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of this podcast, and sign up up for just $15 per month. And you might say, oh my God, $15, that's a lot of money. Well, in exchange for that generous support, we're going to give you a completely commercial-free version of the Tuesday and Thursday shows, plus now, starting this week, the Wednesday show too. So now, the Wednesday show will be commercial-free for our Ultimate Edition subscribers No commercials for Wednesday shows. Uh, Plus, of course, the usual Tuesday and Thursday shows as well. Plus, you'll get notifications for the Shadow Docket show. That's included as part of the uh, audio file. In other words, one mega show on Tuesdays and Thursdays with the free portion and the Shadow Docket combined, exactly how it's recorded, and no commercials in there. But wait, more dings. You're also going to get the Friday After Party podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson included in that level of support for just $15 per month. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, bookmark. Send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. Can't get enough of this. This is the so uh, up your prog rock alley. Oh my god, it's the greatest album of the last couple of years, one thousand percent. This is the great Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith. In fact, this is uh, entirely Christian Nesmith on this one because this is an instrumental. Leads off the album. It's called Suborbital Preflight, all one word, and it's off of the Cosmologica album. If if you don't have this in your collection, you're missing out. This is. As I said, best album of, uh, I, I think it came out in 20, 2020. Best album of the last three years. Let's just put it that way, at least. Uh, we played almost the entire album here on the show. So. And we're running out of short songs. <laughs> All the rest of the songs on the album are like 11, 12 minutes long. So I uh, strongly recommend this. CerseLink.bandcamp.com. Uh, Link in the description course to support uh cersei link and christian nesmith by the way Spell christian cersei nesmith. for them cersei c-i-r-c-e C-E. yeah traditional spelling of link and we thank jody hamilton for introducing cersei and christian to us <laughs> thank you jody <laughs> well Devorin, had, hadn't you listened to them before you just didn't know that they oh, were yeah. friends of mine <laughs> in fact yeah in fact i played uh their cover of Starship Trooper going back to I think 2018 or something like that, right. like the like the first year of the indie music here in the show, we played uh, the cover of uh, Starship Trooper, which is the, the Yes song, which uh, Paul Melanson sings uh, co lead vocals with Cersei. Right. So uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, group of musicians that uh, this project comes out of. So thank you again, Jody. Um, okay, what else here before we wrap up the show? Let's talk about Louis Gohmert. Did you see his outburst in the Judiciary Committee? Hey, show Why do you How think dare so- you conflate us with the murderers? Uh, and it's just like, dude, he's like, you, do you think we don't have hearts? It's like, well, no, uh, biologically, you'd be incapable of surviving without a heart. What I think you don't have is any fucking sense. Yeah. In that little head of yours. But, right. Or, I, you know, any empathy or any cause and relationship. I mean, any concept of the relationship between cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. The, the only thing that would have made it better is if it had had the sad Dixie music playing in the background as he was. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think we're so heartless? Don't Jesus Christ, because you want to put women in jail for having abortions, and you don't want to put people in jail for shooting people with M16s. It's just... <laughs> what, did he, what did he say that time about asparagus? 
Don't don't something my uh, asparagus. Don't something, disparage uh, uh, my asparagus. Disparage, yeah. Don't disparage my asparagus. That's what that was one of the weirdest uh, Louis Gomer moments. I think Eric Holder was testifying, and he's like, I no, think he was actually don't. having a stroke at that moment. Like a real, it's like very possible. Uh, cerebellar, yeah. like you know, vascular accident. <laughs> what do they call it? A CBA? Yeah. Sort of like uh, what happened to Donald Trump when he said this. Truth, truth, essential. Thank you. God, what a fucking moron. Jesus Christ. I'm so glad yeah. we don't hear his fucking voice every day. I'm so glad his fucking tweets are not everywhere I look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what else? C-SPAN needs to stop covering Donald Trump's rallies because they're not yeah. political rallies anymore. I mean, he's talking no, about politics, just... but they're paid speaking engagements. You have to pay to go and see Donald Trump speak now, yes, you, you gullible do. fucking suckers. If you pay, for, what is it, $4,900? Not only do you get into the show, but you get to meet with Donald Trump Jr. afterward. The lesser. How do they not notice the grift? How do they not notice that every know. time a Trump comes know. near you, his hand is in your pocket? That's right. Like, it just. Ugh. It's all so obvious. That's the thing that drives me bananas, knowing that it's so obvious, and yet they're suckered by it anyway. I guess they just love and relate to. His fuckery, I guess they, that's just wonderful to them. And they don't care that he's a moron who's bilking them out of their life savings like some sort of traveling faith healer. And I don't, I don't see what will shake them out of that. I don't know what's going to snap them out of it. <laughs> Share. Like, snap out of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, here's a couple of bits of uh, good news before we wrap up the show today. Stressful, stressful show. We're dealing with internet things. In fact, yeah, let's check in with our Xfinity servers here and see if they're, see if they're working. Oh. Seems to be working for now. It doesn't sound good. But. There it goes. Well, we better wrap up the show soon or else it's yeah. Yeah, the hubcap is going to fall right off again. So the Supreme Court has blocked Texas's social media law. This is actually some great news. Uh, this Texas law would have made it uh, possible for uh, people to sue the social media platforms for discriminating against conservatives. The Supreme Court was ruling on an emergency application filed by two tech industry groups representing companies including Meta, Google, TikTok, and Twitter, which had claimed that the Texas law, quote, would compel platforms to disseminate all sorts of objectionable viewpoints, including neo-Nazi or KKK screeds denying or supporting the Holocaust. The Texas law would make it illegal for large social networks to, quote, block, ban, remove, deplatform, demonetize, deboost, restrict, deny equal access or visibility to or otherwise discriminate against expression. So it would have just turned it's basically the Elon Musk thing right. where if he finally gets to take over Twitter, he's like, anything goes. Twitter, uh, Trump can come back. That's never going to happen. the N word. Uh, two whatever. things. Yeah. Two things I will lay down, like, blood money on that, like, Elon Musk will not buy Twitter and Trump will not run in 2024. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Uh, and it doesn't look good for Elon Musk at this point. No, he, I, I, you know what? He, he, he was trying to manipulate the stock of, of his own company and in the, <laughs> everything tanked. <laughs> well, I think they're starting to realize that it was maybe a pump and dump scam. It was. That absolutely. he was engaged in. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And so that's that. But we'll see. Uh, suffice to say, this law is not going to go into effect, and that's good news. That's good. And of course, the uh, people who want to blurt the N word all over Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and whatever. They're going, they're shitting themselves over this. They're crapping their cages because, oh my God, we're not going to be able to uh, put neo Nazi or KKK screeds, (laughs) doubt the Holocaust, on our our Twitter feeds anymore. Well, not anymore, but again. Uh, So bad news for them is good news for the normals, as always. Meantime, uh, Vladimir Putin was treated for cancer in April according to a U.S. intelligence report. So Vladimir Putin's health is subject of intense conversation inside the Biden administration after the intelligence community produced its fourth comprehensive assessment at the end of May. The classified U.S. report says Putin seemed to have reemerged after undergoing treatment in April for advanced cancer. The high-ranking officials who represent three separate intelligence agencies are concerned that Putin is increasingly paranoid about his hold on power, a status that makes for a rocky and unpredictable course in Ukraine, but it is one, they say, that also makes the prospects of nuclear war less likely. Thank God. That's a little bit of good news there. Quote, Putin's grip is strong, but no longer absolute, says one of the senior intelligence officers with direct access to the reports. The jockeying inside the Kremlin has never been more intense during his rule. Everyone sensing that the end is near. We don't like to wish death on people here normally, but you know what? We're not going to be sad if Putin goes. Let's just say I wouldn't cry if I read his obituary. Right. um, Thoughts and prayers. That's right. The Kremlin said a couple days ago they issued this really strongly worded statement saying, like, only a lunatic, you know, would would be questioning uh, Putin's uh, health right now. Yeah. Which to me says, you know, in their usual Trumpian (laughs) dead giveaway style Mm -hmm. that, you know. The Russians are almost hysterical to me. They're almost like silly Uh to me. They're like the Three Stooges fixing the plumbing right now. I mean, you can read them coming from a mile away. You know exactly what's going on. Uh, they just, because of this, they seem incompetent. They seem full of shit. I mean, more than usual. Um, And the thing that I still can't get beyond is why Vladimir Putin overplayed his hand on this. He had basically the Western world in his back pocket using nothing but cyber weapons, using nothing but St. Petersburg and the GRU to attack our elections, to raise up all these autocrats, uh, to really infiltrate the social media networks of the world with his propaganda and trolls and awfulness. And in that respect, he had a significant amount of power based upon that. And then he just squandered it with this military adventurism in Ukraine. It's, It's an amazing thing. There's always a point where, like, these ideologically driven regimes, and I include the Trump regime in this, where, like, you know, there's a reality collision. Yeah. Where they, like, try to do their thing in spite of the facts on the ground and believing, you know, the opposite of what's true. Mm -hmm. You know, it happened with Trump in the pandemic. It's happening with Putin and Ukraine, where it's like your ideology doesn't mean anything when it gets to the actual thing. 
you know, science or military strength or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're like clapping your hands because you believe in fairies and really, really wanting to believe that it's going to go your <laughs> yeah. way doesn't count for shit in the real world. Right, right. Well, we've got some uh, interesting poll results here. We're going to bring to you on the Shadow Docket. Plus, we're talking about uh, Star Wars, maybe a little bit more about the uh, controversy happening here. Because I, I have a little bit more to add. I think it's more than just racism. I want to throw that in there, too. Uh, plus, uh, some news about uh, Mike Pillow and uh, Monkey Pox. <laughs> mm. so, oh, no. Mike Pillow. Mike Pillow. Mm-hmm. Mike Pillow spent a ton of money. I'm just going to say that. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more coming up on the Shadow Docket program that happens on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. I'll be very happy when everything's done today. It's been a stressful day. Thank (laughs) thank you, God Ninjas. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. Uh, Take care, folks. We'll see you on the Friday after party and the Shadow Docket uh, later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. More fun. More music. The Bob Seska Show. Another story for the day, contemporary news. Someone shot their gun again, someone got to choose. To take a life not of their own, take somebody's breath. A second for the bullet is a lifetime for the rest. But it's too soon to talk about tomorrow. And it's too soon to talk about today. Of the vine and propagandize their love.